We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's another live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Look, nobody loves to bank. They love what banking can help them achieve. Emprise Bank is looking to say yes to those with a dream. Whether it's saving for your first home, a new car, starting a family, starting a business, KCS and Draft Guide. Emprise is your partner impossible. They're our partners impossible in a lot of different ways. So appreciative of them. They are absolutely wonderful. And if you are looking to do business uh, with a trusted bank, Emprise is absolutely uh, a wonderful choice. Uh, I am here with my buddy, Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Buddy, hi, hello, how are you? You know, I- I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good right now. Um, the Chiefs made some moves uh, over the weekend or late last Friday, over the weekend free agency. So that was fun. It's been like, Two days since a real move was announced, so I'm getting a little itchy. I'm getting a little antsy. Um, you know how I am at free agency period. You know I don't like to sit around and wait. And uh, <laughs> when all the good players are gone and you still have a lot of holes in the Chiefs to fill, I I get I get a little antsy. Can't you know this? It was funny just because like you've probably been the calmest of all of us in the you know in the group chats and the DMs and the discussion. Like you've been relatively calm, but like it feels like things are kind of starting to bubble to the surface a little bit the farther away we get from free agency starting the more players going off the board it feels like you kind of are starting to feel it a little bit and i like i mean there's a lot to unpack there we can talk a little bit about that uh you know down the road uh but first off this podcast is sponsored by better help is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals you or someone you love falling into depression or struggling with anxiety can keep you from what you care about BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist with, within un, uh, in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp 
is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash KCSN. That's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people are being uh, have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. That's again, KC, uh, betterhelp.com slash KCSN. Okay, Matt, we, uh, we had some news. Uh, since the last time we met, you have already got to expertly kind of break down a little bit of the news with Juju Smith-Schuster being added into the mix at the receiver position. This, I, I think this is kind of, I don't want to say this is a foregone conclusion. I don't think that's fair, but I did feel like it was heading towards this direction. She's hadn't really made any news, any splash, any waves at the wide receiver position. Juju Smith-Schuster was connected to them last year. Andy Reid sending uh, text messages of the Lombardi Trophy to Juju. Um, you know, they were very much obviously in the mix per reports uh, throughout this process. They get what I what appears to be, I, I think their guy at, at wide receiver. Um, is, you think that's fair? You think that was just their guy from Jump Street? I do. Um, we I kind of talked about it all through the free agency process or even down the stretch. It's just kind of like, I get the concern over Juju Smith-Schuster being mostly a slot guy. And that's where a lot of the Chiefs, players currently or that they had before this kind of one from but if you look at how he won from the slot or where on the field he the plays ended that he was you know excelling in it was entirely different it's exactly what the Chiefs needed so now you're looking at the free agency market here's a guy a couple of years removed but not that far I mean, he's 25 so he can't be that far removed from this he's still <laughs> entering his prime here's yeah. a guy that 25 years old Three years ago, four years ago, he's a 1,400-yard receiver playing the second fiddle when he has competent quarterback play with a clear number one wide receiver across from him. Like, that guy, There's that's the recipe you're chasing. You're chasing his sophomore year. You look at what the Steelers did then. You can translate that directly to what the Chiefs are doing. And the entire time, the thought was, he's not going to break the bank. You're going to get a number two receiver for half the price that you were paying Sammy Watkins to be a great number two receiver. Turns out it might even be even a better deal than that. But like mm-hmm. that was the thought process the whole time. He should have been, I said, he's going to be the best wide receiver deal in free agency. Like I said that a long time ago, not that he's going to be the best wide receiver this year, but the cash for the production is going to be the best. And I absolutely feel that way since he signed with the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs got created with the contract, and it's basically a $3 million deal with a bunch of incentives that take it up to $10.75 million. And um, if they are not likely to be earned incentives, which basically there's there's two different times. There's, there's likely to be earned, not likely to be earned incentives. Um, and it's all based on, almost all of them are based on last year's production. So uh, not likely to be earned uh, games played for Juju Smith-Schuster could be three games and uh, you would hit that incentive because he's going to, but those not likely to be earned incentives. They aren't paid until next season on next until on next season's cap. So what that does is it gives the chiefs some flexibility. It's basically a $3 million contract. There's going to be some stuff that are going to be able to maneuver the cap and kind of split, you know, some of the cost of the, of uh, from a cap perspective. Uh, I know Maddie's going to roll his eyes, the compensatory formula. It affects the compensatory formula too, because now if, if all these incentives are presumed to be not likely to be earned, that $3 million, that's a very low number when it comes to the compensatory formula. So 
you know, uh, he's a seventh round pick kind of compensatory range instead of, you know, 10.75 would be like a fourth rounder. So the Chiefs could kind of maneuver this to potentially get a decent compensatory pick whenever Tyron Matthew comes off the board. So I really like that. Um, Maddie, you, you talk about fit and you talk about some of, you know, his usage. And I think this is a, I, from, I think this is a perfect fit um, schematically because I do think he can play X. I think you could go put him on the backside of the formation. You can run a slant. You can catch the ball, you know, in the middle of the field of without, you know, in contested catch areas, you can win outside the numbers. I think there's a little bit of that to him. Obviously I think he's better in the slot, um, but you know, we talk about, you know, the interchangeability of Travis Kelsey and some of these guys and how the chiefs like to move the receivers around. And maybe they are pivoting a little bit away from maybe the traditional X and as they, as, as they've typically had, um, and, and Juju Smith-Schuster can, you know, line up in the slot. He can line up on the line of scrimmage, um, you know, from inside the numbers, outside of numbers. I think there's enough flexibility there for him. Uh, and, you know, you talked about it, taking away, um, you, d- d- taking away attention from him with, with being kind of the third option. I think in areas of the field that the Chiefs have had some struggles in areas of the field that could be really lucrative if teams continue to sit in too high. These are things that I think about when it comes to Juju Smith-Schuster really excite me about him. And, you know, look, he's only 25 years old. Maybe next year the Chiefs look to extend him to a bigger contract. You know, who knows? This is a good first year. This is a great structure for them. It could be a long-term thing for the Chiefs. Who knows? So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad we're moving off of compensatory picks and the financials <laughs> of the contract. Let's let yeah, let's look at how Juju Smith Schuster will fit for the Chiefs. So the first thing you're gonna have to get get over, and you know, you're touching on it there. He can't play outside a little bit. Like he was absolutely part of the two wide receiver sets from Pittsburgh in the past at times, and he can play out there. So like there's no real concern that he can't go play on the line of scrimmage. He's just not not where he's done his best work from, and that's absolutely fine. If you're the Chiefs, yeah, you might have to get slightly creative with some of your releases, whether it's for him or for Tyree Kill. Like somebody's going to have to line up on the outside or Travis Kelsey that you might prefer to be in the slot. But it's it's not that big of a deal when you have two guys in Hill and Juju that can run routes actually from out there. They can beat press. They can run routes. It may not be their best spot, but they can do it. And then you just start looking at, you know, heat maps of where the Chiefs are throwing the ball. That's right where Juice Smith-Schuster went. It's over the middle of the field. Pat loves to throw the ball over the middle of the field. Short, intermediate, deep, wherever. That's where Juju lives. Then you start kind of looking around and you start wondering, okay, teams are now starting to play too high, but they're rolling the safety into that deep middle. They're trying to take away some of the deep stuff. But guess what? That means there's going to be less defenders underneath. So even if you want to transition Hill back into this vertical threat, give him working down the field more often, something the Chiefs didn't do a ton last year because teams were taking it away, but also because they needed somebody else that can win underneath. Now you have a guy that can do that. So this frees up Tyreek Hill to be used as that vertical player. Even if it's going to take two guys, you know, he's going to be taken away by two defenders. You now have two options underneath that can win one-on-one. That's something the Chiefs did not have since Sammy Watkins left or when Sammy Watkins wasn't healthy. So then you go to the other side, Travis Kelsey. Now maybe a defense can't jam him with the corner and then have a safety rolling down to that side looking to pick him up if he wins over the middle of the field. And they kind of hit him with that inside-outside bracket because you have to account for the other receiver. Like he's going to help everybody else, maybe even more than his stats will show. I think he's just going to help the chiefs beat or solve this kind of too high structure in the passing game. I know everybody just wants to pound the rock versus that, but I think Juju is going to give you that third option as a receiver that wins in the area you need to. And I'm glad somebody pointed it out in the chat earlier. 
he can run after the catch. That's such a vital part of Andy Reid's offense. When you're going to run a drive route or you're going to run some kind of mesh and he's the guy that comes open, he needs to be able to create some yak off of it or you're just going to get a five-yard play, which is good, but it's not great. You can't base your offense around, your passing offense around that. Juju can make that five-yard play of 15. That's something like that's why I was against a Jarvis Landry or a Cole Beasley, who's the same player as Jarvis Landry or a Jamison Crowder. These guys are going to catch that five-yard pass and get you five yards. Juju can get a lot more. So like, I just think he fits the offense really well. I think the beneficiary of Juju Smith-Schuster being in Kansas City is actually going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think he is going to be, uh, he's going to get a surprising number of targets and a surprising number of volume, you know, if he is playing. I think he's going to have more targets than Sammy Watkins did in a season. Um, I think he's a guy that, um, this could, one thing that could be really interesting is, you know, you talk about winning over the middle of the field, being able to, you know, can catch the ball in contested situations. You know, I think, you know, if, if he earns the trust of, uh, of, you know, of Patrick Mahomes, I think he's a guy that can really help alleviate you know, you know, the, I, not alleviate. I think what Travis Kelsey is, he's kind of starting to move on. Like J- Juju Smith-Schuster could be a potential long-term solution to help um, alleviate, you know, the phasing out, I guess, of Travis Kelsey, a guy that can win in some of those areas, a guy that can be trusted with strong hands to win in the middle of the field, win on some of these short yardage situations. I think this could be really good for him. Uh, really quick, some news. Uh, Mike Hughes. Uh, is being signed to a one-year, three and a half million dollar contract uh, by the Detroit Lions. So uh, that is uh, another Chiefs player. Off we are the using board. news loosely. Well, hey, you know what's happening right now, and here's the thing. Guess what, Maddie? You what you have to see the structure. That could be all incentives, and I I'm would actually guessing. lean heavily that that's all incentives. If it's a three and a half million dollar contract, I mean, Austin Blythe's wasn't. I mean, better film. He, he has better film at some point in time in his career than Mike that's, Hughes. That's fair, but a one-year, three and a half million dollar contract that would that would uh, hit the compensatory formula and would cancel basically out Juju. So the Chiefs would be getting another pick back here. That means they'd probably have a sixth and a seventh round pick already on the compensatory formula. We'll see how that all plays out. That's just very interesting to me. Um, okay. Uh, I I got a quick question, Maddie. Anybody listening? How do you take your coffee? A full-bodied roast, something light. We all have our preferences, and no matter what you love to drink, Trade Coffee makes it easy to brew your best cup at home. Whether you're a coffee nerd or just want a better cup daily, Trade's Real Coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. And for listening right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and start your journey journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $20 off your first three bags. Matt, um, I... We know we talked a little bit about the Juju, Juju situation. Do you have any more on Juju before we move on? I I, I don't think so right now. Um, I think we'll have to see how the Chiefs round out like the rest of their offense as you go through this. I don't know if they'll be done on offense. I mean, the starters look like they're pretty locked into place, so I think we can you know feel pretty confident that we know what the starting lineup is going to be. I am interested to see how they decide to round out that receiver room. Are they going to run with? 
you know, Josh Gordon, Doris Fountain, and Cornell Powell rounding out the receiver room? Is there another person that's going to be added kind of to that depth? So like, I'm interested to see what they do, but I feel like we have a pretty good grasp over what the Chiefs' starting offense is going to be. And unfortunately, you know, they didn't dabble in that uh, right tackle market too much, even a little bit. I really kind of wanted to go there. You know, we're looking at some of these positions and we're looking at where this team might be going next. And we're looking at, um, you know, some of the places that we might have a little bit of concern or or want to see improvements. And every team's got an area or two that they want to see improved. Um, I I think we need to talk about offensive tackle. We need to talk about right tackle. Chiefs have made a couple moves. They've added Jaron Christian, who seems more like a project swing tackle type. I highly doubt he got any contract of of great value from the Chiefs. I would be stunned if it's anything significant. Um, but, um, you know, they added him. Andrew Wiley back in the mix, as we've kind of, I think we've talked about before. We've talked since that happened, I believe. Maybe we haven't. I'm not sure. Um, but just overall, looking at the tackle position, if the Chiefs roll in to week one, Andrew Wiley at offensive tackle, at right tackle, how do you feel? You know, what are your concerns? All that kind of stuff. I, I think that's the right place to start. I, and do you, I don't think I don't know if Lucas Niang is going to be healthy come the start of the season. You know, it's a pretty big injury he's working back from. It seemed like he was still in the process during his last year of finish fully recovering from his hip surgery from the end of his college career. It's like I don't know where he will be at physically. So yeah, I, I'm with you because you said Andrew Wiley starting at right tackle. Is that where you are too? Is that who you anticipate starting right tackle week one? Oh yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it's any question. And I mean you could probably make a case that Andrew Wiley outperformed Lucas Niang last well, it's year. It's not well. a case. It's it's a yeah. fact. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Andrew Wiley. And the, honestly, the fact that they got Andrew Wiley for what they got him for, I believe, is rel- more or less a bet minimum deal. Um, so that's huge. And that's really valuable. Uh, regardless, of, honestly, regardless of if he starts at right tackle, Andrew Wiley is a very valuable asset. Uh, at the price point that he was able to come in. But yes, I do think Andrew Wiley is the starter. I think you could probably make a case that you could you could improve over him though, Maddie. For sure. And that's that's where I'm going next. Like, okay, you go out week one and Andrew Wiley's your starting right tackle. You don't feel bad. Like you you don't feel bad about that. that's your fifth best offensive lineman is Andrew Wiley. Actually you feel pretty good about that. That's a really good fifth offensive lineman. I just would prefer him more as your sixth guy. I'd prefer him as your first guy off the bench that's playing guard or tackle. He's the first guy that's stepping up. It's not not necessarily swing tackle, but he's kind of this utility offensive lineman. I think that is like, if you can have him as your sixth offensive lineman, you are golden. The issue is Andrew Wiley's good enough that a team should pay him to be a starter. And that's what I do believe the Chiefs are going to do. They're not paying him a huge amount of money, but they're going to pay him to come in and start. So most of the time, I would feel just fine about having Andrew Wiley as my fifth best offensive lineman. The problem is I look around the AFC West. (laughs) Then I look around the rest of the AFC and I cannot believe how many teams have two good, not just pass rushers, but edge pass rushers. How many teams have two plus plus defensive ends coming off the edge? I will say this. I don't feel super great about Wiley in these one-on-ones with Max Crosby's, with Von Miller's when you play the Bills, with whoever the Browns are probably going to pay to play next to Miles Garrett against, you know, Chandler Jones, if that's what comes up, Randy Gregg. Like, these are good. Pat, Joey Bosa, these are good pass rushers that are going to be lined up from him for, what, 12 weeks of the year? I really wish the Chiefs would have dipped their toes into the market to where the best right tackle is getting $10 million a year. And you could have found an upgrade over Wiley because of the kind of teams you're going to be going up against. 
Yeah, Lyle Collins goes to the Bengals three years, $30 million. That would have been a very uh, appealing deal to me personally. Uh, I really would have liked the idea of doing that. Just continue to make a strength a strength. I mean, like, I don't want to get to, I mean, the Chiefs have a very good offensive line and the best offensive line that they've had in the Patrick Mahomes era, un- undoubtedly. Four positions, secure, locked up, ready to roll. Boy, it's adding a fifth, just, just stable guy there would have just been really fun and really i mean yeah you talk about you talk about what these teams are doing they're adding two pass rushers you know they're they're coming off both edges they know they can't blitz Mahomes. we're gonna get on get at him with the pass rush can't really have a weak link there and you know i andrew wiley will be tested continually uh and he's put some good tape out there for sure you're to your point though I I think I think you know you you re- respond to what has happened at edge rusher by making a strength to strength and I really would have liked to see that as well. I, there's still time, but I don't really anticipate the Chiefs being able to make that move or make a, a substantial move at right tackle at this point. I kind of get the feeling that they're going to try to get away with Randy Riley at right tackle. Man, is that? I mean, that's your. I mean, that's your. That's your guess here, right? Yeah, and like I said, I don't I don't think it's inherently bad by any stretch of the imagination. I actually I don't think there's a problem with that. I'm just looking at it from a market inefficiency standpoint. The NFL right now sees this. Look draft at class you doing in. market inefficiencies. I will leave right now and let you finish this on your own. Look at um, this man. I'm watching right now. The NFL is clearly looking at this draft, and this has happened in years past. When you have a really strong position group, especially of guys that are going towards the top of just so like think back to the best wide receiver draft classes. Go look at wide receivers in that free agency period. They're a little bit lower besides the top one or two guys. They're getting a little bit lower than what they would normally get on the other year. I think that's happening with offensive tackles. Teams are willing to let their right tackle, specifically right tackles go because they think there's a chance they're going to get one of these guys that are pretty pro ready, that are really good in this upcoming draft. So that's how you get Leil Collins, who's a top five right tackle went on the field paying $10 million per year. Trent Brown, I haven't seen the numbers, but I would be shocked if he was more for t- more than two for 20 for going back to the Patriots. Again, one of the better right tackles in the NFL, and they're going to be getting paid half as much as whatever Orlando Brown does whenever he gets his left tackle deal right now. Like, that's a great deal. So, like, it's the not playing in such a strong market that's my issue. Not Wiley, not that they didn't get a better player. It's just, I'm if I'm putting my Brett Veach hat on and he's always talking about finding the right values in the draft or in free agency, I don't know how you look at that right tackle market and don't see the best value of this free agency period. And if you are starting Andrew Wiley, that seems like an area you should probably dabble into me. There's a couple recently released guys. I can't remember if we've talked about this on this show, but I'll throw a couple out. Daryl Williams, upgrade over Andrew Wiley or not? I'd have to go back and watch him last year because I know he got moved to guard. And I don't know if he moved to guard because of his issues at right tackle or because they needed a guard and they felt better about Spencer Brown stepping in at tackle and Williams. Moved. So I'd have to look. I would say this two years ago. Yes. What I watched from Daryl Williams two years ago is yes, an upgrade. I know the answer to this one for you. Billy Turner, upgrade at right tackle. I feel like that's kind of your guy. If the Chiefs are going to go right tackle, it feels like Billy Turner's your guy. I think it should be the smart. That's the smartest move for the NFL. You're getting a really, a really good run blocker. You put Billy Turner next to Trey Smith. You're putting, you're putting, bod, you're putting bodies in bags. And yeah, there's going to be some inconsistencies in pass protection. But uh, guess what? The Chiefs have inconsistencies in, in pass protection at right tackle already. So just go get the better run blocker and call it a day. I like that idea. Uh, we'll see what moves this team makes. Like, I'm interested. I'm interested in this one. We're looking at the landscape of this football team, and 
we can talk about pass rusher in a second. Maybe this is the answer, but what's the next move the Chiefs make? What's the next? It doesn't. It, it could be anything. It's small, big, whatever. What's the next move? I think we are due for hmm, Dan Sorensen coming back. Can I do that again? Or are you going to walk out of the show <laughs> with 22 minutes left? Like I kind of no. I I I resigned myself yeah. to Dan coming back. You know, I, uh, yeah. That's not what I'm going. With. I I'm going to go. With, I'm I'm going to twofer, but I'll let you get one in between. I'm going to go with. A vet corner. I feel like the Chiefs are due for their $3 million vet corner, whoever it may be. They're due for a guy that doesn't excite anybody, but we say, hey, there's the Bashad Breland. There's the Mike Hughes or whoever. They're due for their veteran one-year $3 million corner. Coming Okay. Up. I like that move, and especially since the starting cornerbacks for the Chiefs, Eric Eager tweeted out, the, the Chiefs' starting cornerbacks in week one are gone. <laughs> Both of them have signed with other teams. Not like open market they're just gone they are unavailable so the chiefs will be with without two of their start their two starting outside cornerbacks uh in 2022 um i could and see two of their top three safeties and two of their top three safeties hey i i was thinking about this on the way home sorry to sidetrack real quick but i still want lewis seen <laughs> like if they take lewis seen at 30 are you mad Nah, I'm not mad. Um, no, I'm not mad at all. I like him too much. Like I'm a little ups- I'm slightly upset that the one position, and this will take us into an entire fridge, is the one position they decided to jump on early and spend close to the top of the market value per the talent of the player would be at safety heading into a good safety draft. Like I'm not mad about it. It just I do think it's a weird time to go ahead and say, okay, the guy that we are going to pay and we are going to pay very competitively is at the safety spot, which most teams find is a little bit more devalued position. And that's a position that you're probably going to get pretty good value in the upcoming drafts. Like I, I'm not a mad at scene. It's just like the whole team building process of that happens gets a little bit more convoluted for me. I'm pretty sure he's a, my guy for you. And I'm very, yes. like he's, he's a, my guy for me now. Like I'm just I'm all in on him, and it's gonna be like I honestly I keep saying I think he's gone before thirty. I really do. If he's there at thirty, I will want the Chiefs to take him. Uh, a move that I could see make. Um, you know, I I don't I don't feel like they're gonna make a move at edge anytime soon. Like I don't think Zadarius Smith's on the table. Uh, I don't really know if they're gonna make a move at edge. We'll talk about Derek Nani in a second. I mean, we could go. I mean, maybe they move like running back. Maybe like that could be a position that they add here in the near future um to to supplement that room maybe something cheaper than what daryl williams is going to get on the open market something like that uh because i think daryl williams is gone i think daryl williams has a very viable market which is why he's being allowed to test so good for him if he does kind of find an opportunity there we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, do you want to, I want to, oh, do you have one more? Yeah, I have one. Do you want to know one more move I'm going to make? Ooh, I want to know. The next time I come to Kansas City, I'm going to go to McAdoodles just like <laughs> all of you guys should. And why Why am I going to go to McAdoodles? Well, just like I think the Chiefs should go to the veteran free agent cornerback market because they need to start filling some needs, I need to fill some needs in my liquor cabinet right now. And you can't get a better selection anywhere but McAdoodles. And maybe I go out there. I'm not sure what I want. I need some help. You know, Brett Veach calls around all of his scouts. They figure out who they want. I just ask the guys at McAdoodles and they give me the best customer service. They can come out. They can help me pick out what I want, what might pair with a good steak dinner, maybe some fish, maybe if I'm going to the bar, what I want to take home. They got you completely covered top to bottom. And if you're in the Kansas City area, you're going to have to check out Lee Summit. There's one coming to you guys very soon. And if you are interested in franchising, a McAdoodles, another one to get another one new. Maybe you don't want just one corner. Maybe you might want two. It's crazy talking Kansas City, I know, but maybe you want two McAdoodles. Go ahead and contact Roger at info at McAdoodles.com and just reach out to him. See what you guys can get done out there. All right. Derek Naughty back in the mix here in Kansas City. Signs a one year deal. I don't know if we've seen the number. I don't think I've seen the numbers on it yet, Maddie. Have you seen the numbers bet on this one year deal yet for him? Nope, which means it's good for the Chiefs. Probably the agent uh, is keeping that buddy snug to the chest. Kind of surprised, honestly. Maybe it's just because there's a lot of these bigger run stuffing kind of two down type players that are kind of available in this draft. There's a little bit more of that. There's a there's a bigger market for. I don't know, but some guys got Chiefs. paid though. The, the start the free agency nose tackles were getting paid. I think we were talking about it. it's like oh Derek Naughty might not come back because some of these guys are getting these. A lot of them were getting the three for ten million or three for thirty deal, and all of a sudden Derek Naughty's left, and then you see him see at the end. And I don't know if it's because people don't see upside with this pass rush. I don't know if this was always a, I want to come back to the Chiefs. I don't know if his film isn't maybe as good as people want because. As Chiefs fans, we see that he's always having to cover for some other people. Maybe others don't see that. I don't know. I don't know why, you know, BJ Hill is getting three for 30 and Derek Nottie's getting a late uh, amount that his agency doesn't even want to announce because it's not good for him. I, it's very strange. I think BJ Hill's a better pass rusher, to your point. Yeah. I mean, Derek Nottie, like, I know Derek Nottie re registered three sacks last year. But I don't think it was quick wins along the interior. It was slow marches to the quarterback. It was coverage sacks. And like I think that's the thing. Derek Naughty does not present a ton of juice. He doesn't present. He doesn't present rush juice at all. I mean, he really doesn't. And that's not a knock on him because he's a very good football player. He's very good for what he is. But he is going to be the guy that is going to be racking up a coverage sack uh, with a slow march to the quarterback more than he is a guy that's going to be winning quick and really in, 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 in disrupting along the interior. He's a very good run-stuffing player. He's good. He's gap sound. Um, he's strong. 
and he's actually I mean, he's a little lighter than what the chiefs of, or what steve spagnolo is typically coveted i know we've you know done all that research to discuss that he's a little lighter than those guys normally are but you know he does a good job uh at what he is maybe teams didn't value i don't know we'll see what the we'll see what the number ultimately is but i don't anticipate it being very big and i don't be anticipate it being the kind of robust market that you saw for some of these guys that maybe have a little bit more juice along the interior yeah, and the one thing that I kind of wonder is if you compare his body type to uh, like true three, four, two gap and nose tackles, it's not really what they look for. They want a guy that's a little bit wider. And like, and that says funny when you look at Derek Nottie, but like you compare him to a Brandon Williams, to a Michael Pierce. He's not as wide. He's definitely not as tall or like just overall big. So when you have all these teams that are switching to that Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio, too high stuff, you do field a true nose tackle, a guy that's going to eat up a lot of space, not just like with his handwork and taking on multiple blockers, but physically take up space. Maybe that's the gap for Nadi, as he just doesn't take up a lot of actual space. He's just really good with his hands. He plays with great leverage. He's good at playing nose tags. Like, that's the only thing I can come up with for why other run stuffing D tackles are getting significantly more than what I think he signed for. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have the same kind of frame as some of the guys that we are talking about here as well. It's a very good point. Very interesting. But I mean, the chiefs have had a lot of success with him in there. And uh, I mean, I anticipate them continuing to, uh running at, at Derek Nottie's not a good proposition for teams very often so uh, I like that Maddie you wanted to talk defensive end a little bit you had some thoughts you kind of had I don't know you, you, at one point you phrased it uh you have a game I don't know if that's what it's no. gonna be okay think I, I didn't know if you it's not a game there's out. questions but there's not a game there's a quiz at the end but there's no game um, okay. There's right and wrong. You can you can win or lose, but it's not a game. Uh, well, I, but so I, there's one of us playing. I'm still gonna lose probably. This obviously. is how it works. Um, <laughs> no, so Brett Veach goes into this press for this offseason, and I think everyone's big take two of his big takeaways: Orlando Brown Jr. was gonna be back. And they were going to rebuild the defensive line. And there's a chance that this was GM speak, but also that press conference in years past, Brett Veach has been pretty candid, right? So do you believe that in Brett Veach's mind going into this off season, there was some thought at trying to rebuild a defensive line? Ooh, yes, I do. You seem uh, a little questionable. Yeah, I, I, I'm torn. I'm torn between a lot of things. Okay, uh, let, let, we'll, we'll keep working this down. No, no, we'll, we'll get you untorn. Okay, so okay. leaving the combine, and you know there was a little bit of time between this presser and the combine, but leaving the combine, it comes out essentially, it doesn't say directly after the combine, but it says early in March. The Chiefs go to Frank Clark and they say, hey, we need you to take a pay cut to come play for us. That's what they think of Frank Clark. They think that they're going to ask him to just simply take less money to play rather than just cut him. Like that's if he says no, they're gonna cut him. So like that lets you a little bit know about him. But they go to him, they say, hey, take less money, and then you're still gonna be our defensive end one if you come play. That to me right there says that they don't think they're getting two defensive ends no matter what they do out of this free agency period. Right. I mean, do you agree with that? They don't think they're gonna get two new starters at defensive end if they're asking somebody to take a pay cut like that. I think that's fair. Two new starters. Like, I think you can find some rotational players here and there. I think you can find some guys like that. But yeah, if you're saying, hey, we're going to find tr two true starters, uh, valuable replace. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, you're not asking him to take a pay cut. So you're planning on Frank Clark being a starter. And so if, if you believe that the Chiefs have are wanting to rebuild a defensive line group, like the whole thing, well, you're keeping Chris Jones. 
You're keeping the others, another starter in Frank Clark. You've now brought back Derek Noddy, and maybe there was another nose tackle in there, but you just brought back three of four starters, and you sat up there and set a position that you want to rebuild the defensive line. There's only one more starting spot left. Do you think that they do you think that we've kind of been bamboozled and they were more interested in a Chandler Jones, a Von Miller, in some of these aging defensive ends that went off the market? I kind of wonder, and that's where I was saying I'm a little bit torn. Part of me wonders if maybe they were looking a little harder at some of these aging pass rushers. We're going to make an exception to what they've done historically when it comes to older players. I wonder if they did kind of have a plan to get one of these guys involved and the market just got too ridiculous for them. I, I, I think that's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, and I think it is too. It's like I've thought about it and I there's no way we're ever going to get true clarification on that, right? Like they're never going to come out and say, hey, we were in on Von Miller and Buffalo came and paid more. Like that's just never going to come out of this team. But I've thought that as a possibility too, because the only way you can really rebuild this defensive line at this point is you have one more defensive end spot. I mean, you can get some rotational guys, but you have one more defensive end spot that kind of has to be filled if you're trying to quote unquote rebuild it. And unless you're filling it with Von Miller, Chandler Jones, uh, Randy Gregory, maybe, I mean, he's not a fit, but like maybe somebody of that caliber, that's the only way I think you can even sell it as a rebuild. Is there any free agent out there left that you think that could constitute as rebuilding your defensive line? Well, I think this defensive line's worse than the one that they pulled out last year because they're a year older. Like the only thing that she's defensive line has done to this point is get a year older. They don't even have their probably best edge rusher last year, Melvin Ingram. So like this team is worse along that defensive line. So I don't know. Like, no, I don't think that there's a free agent that makes them better than last year. I don't think the 29 year old version of Trey flowers who's been playing hurt is better. I don't think the Darius Smith happening. If he did, maybe he makes them better. I'm not sure beyond that. No, I don't really see a ton of guys that I'm really overly excited about on this list of free agents. I just like, that's what's so stunning to me. And so surprising to me is, you know, like, I don't know if you were going to go here with this, but you know, there's the, 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 the Daniel Hunter seemed like one of the few ways that this team could really improve their pass rush. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings defensive end. And you know, we've kind of discussed, maybe there's a chance that the chiefs are, you know, maybe trying to acquire him because, you know, there's some structural things with his contract that, you know, might made it a little bit difficult with the salary cap. Maybe this was a guy that the chiefs could take a swing on, but no, it comes out that they kind of figured out how, a way to keep, him in you know under contract for for this season the only thing you might be a little bit you know if you're if you're hoping the Chiefs are maybe in on a guy like Daniel Hunter is Zadarius Smith visiting there so either they're really getting good on you know they're trying to add numbers to the pass rush or they're trying to find a replacement for Daniel Hunter I don't know which one it is but I'm you're running out of options to be better at your edge at your defensive line along your defensive line in 2022 than you were last year when you were one of the worst teams in sacks the sacks no, and, isn't everything, but I'm sorry. You you know. No, no. And this this is was this was where I was going to go at this point in time. I just wanted to kind of set the frame that like coming into free agency, NFL teams know a lot more than like I think the the average fan thinks they do, right? You go into free agency, the Chiefs, Brett Veach, he has a pretty good idea which teams are going to be interested in which players. Like they all got together at the combine. Every single one of his scouts talked to every single one of their buddies that they've ever known since fifth grade that's also in the NFL or their cousin or their whoever. They they have a general idea. So the Chiefs will have a general idea of 
of what the defensive end market is going to look like. Not the cash numbers exactly, although a lot of that they know too, but like they're going to have a pretty good idea who's playing in which markets and for what. So if the Chiefs leave the combine, say, okay, we won't get two defensive ends, but we're still going to focus on defensive line. Go back to James Palmer on TV. Telesaro, everybody on TV talks about the Chiefs wanting to get an edge rusher, wanting to get a defensive lineman. Like that's still everything you're hearing. And the Chiefs know what this market's going to look like. I find it really hard to believe that they've just not, that they haven't got anybody, that the only person they've been interested in was a late cut Zadarius Smith, who has a back issue, who's up against the age a little bit. I'm not saying they're not interested. It's just hard for me to wrap my brain around that's the only guy they've been interested in unless there's some other plan. And this was going to take me to the Daniel Hunter stuff, which I still think there's a sliver of hope because of some a lot of circumstances with his contract, his being upset and stuff like that. But let's remove him. Remove Daniel Hunter. Remove Zadarius Smith. What do you do, Kent? How do you, how do you make this defensive line not rebuild it? I'm not even asking to rebuild anymore. How do you get this defensive line to be better than it was last year? I don't think you can, man. <laughs> I really don't. I like, I mean, I think you could go like Jason Owa. I'm thinking about last year. You know, I'm just looking at last year's pick. Jason Ola, yeah. Uh, he makes this group better. Does he make it so much better that they are in the th- top 20 at, at, in pass rushing fronts in football next year or this year? I don't think so. I don't know if there's a guy in the draft that's really going to be able to do this at pick 30. I'm looking at this, you know, I'm looking at the free agency list. Like, you got to have a, you have to go invest in a couple, probably. I don't know, older veterans on one-year deals. You bring back Melvin Ingram. You go and grab, I guess you you go grab Trey Flowers and hope something good happens there. You draft one early, and then you just kind of hope you can cobble it together. Like, that's the word. It's cobbling together. It's not relying on one guy. The plan is essentially to get Melvin Ingram back so you're running it back with the defensive line that Chiefs had down the stretch. Great. So you get the symbol, and you're replacing Alex Okafor with another veteran free agent like Trey Flowers, or you're replacing him with the 30th overall pick in the NFL draft. And which or both. I'm glad that you mentioned Jason Owa because, like, long term, that's a great pick. Jason Owa, though, last year as a rookie, he was fine. He was good. He didn't change the Ravens' pass rush at all. He didn't change the outlook of their defensive line last year as a rookie. And he's a really good guy to get late in the first round like that. So, like, it's just. I don't see a path for this defensive end room to get better if they aren't going to go out and make some kind of trade. Like, I don't know how they're going to be better than last year. And when you start to look at it and just try to wrap your mind around what the Chiefs' plan is, I have a really hard time seeing, again, barring a trade that we don't see coming right now, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around them coming into this free agency period and saying, no, we're going to ask Frank Clark to take a pay cut but then still be our defensive end number one. We're going to bring back Melvin Ingram in late June after camp and stuff is going on to be our defensive end number two. And we're going to hope we land a guy at 30 that Brett Veach won't reach to draft. Like they're only going to draft the value on their board. He says that time and time again. It's like, it's just, it's such a weird plan coming into free agency in which again, they've known how this is generally going to look since March, since the combine at the very mm-hmm. latest, they've had a good idea. It's just the planning seems a little off this year, a little less aggressive compared to years past. Yeah, again, all they've done is get older. Carl Lawson in a trade, doubt it. I don't even know if he really fits exactly. I'm I'm going down looking at the 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 APY contracts, some guys that maybe some teams might want to try to move on from, and everybody's you know contenders. And you know, I mean, Carl Lawson's a guy like he's on he's on a worse team. Daniel Hunter is the one that makes the most sense. I mean, Robert Quinn, 
Do we think that she, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Robert Quinn, but I, I don't know there. He's an older guy too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how like void years and stuff work. You know, like that's the, all the new rage of the NFL is tacking on void years and stuff. Like, I don't know how that works and you trade, but guys like the saints missing out on Deshaun Watson's interesting. I wondered if that was going to make uh, Marcus Davenport potentially available, but now it seems like they cleared a bunch of space. Didn't get Watson to fill some of it. So like, it's just, unless there's a trade we don't see coming, I've been trying the past couple days and you, I, we mentioned at the top, I'm getting a little bit more and more annoyed with how this Chiefs free agency period is gone because the two glaring issues they've had, like two biggest issues are cornerback and defensive end. I can accept this team doesn't care about cornerback. I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I can accept that. I can accept that Steve Spagnuolo has never invested super heavily in corners, although he kind of did with the Giants. I can accept that Brett Veach doesn't care about, you know, getting corners with high level capital. He never has. I can accept that. The two things those two guys have done though, throw everything they possibly can at their defensive ends, at their pass rush, every chance they got. And all of a sudden this off season, when their defensive end room is in literally the worst position it has ever been in during the Brett Veach, Steve Spagnuolo tenure, they've done nothing but ask their number one guy to take a pay cut it doesn't pass the smell test. So I'm very confused by what their plan has been going in unless they just completely whiffed on everybody they wanted in free agency, which might even be worse. I don't... I, well, here's another question for you. Uh, How, I, and this, this one's maybe not... Um, I don't think this is entirely... I think there's a lot of context, context to the tackle position. Uh, because last year the Chiefs, you know, they might have they had a plan in January that got had to tear up because both of their tackles got hurt. You know, Eric Fisher tears his Achilles. Maybe he's back, maybe he's not. Mitchell Schwartz, his back, his issues, he hasn't played a down of football. The I don't think Orlando obviously Orlando Brown wasn't plan A. You know, I don't know where Orlando Brown fit on their list of how many, how many options, how many variations of the plan were, were there until they got to Orlando Brown, you know, because like they looked and they tried to find, and it's a little bit different that obviously, cause I think there's a lot of context and I, I, I want to give Brett V credit, Brett Veach credit for how that one turned out, but I'm looking at, at edge and I don't really see a, a an opportunity to kind of, I don't want to say bail yourself out, I just don't see a real clear path to improvement. Uh, the way that I mean, the, the tackle position improved. They traded, they paid dearly for it, but they improved it and they they solved a problem that they got in the same calendar year, which is a big, I mean, massive credit. I, you're this one is this one's perplexing. Well, I mean, and even if you, I'm glad you brought up tackle though, because last year, if you go back and go through like you know, all the reports that people had during that. Chiefs are clearly interested in Trent Williams. Like that was all the rage Obviously, how interested yes. they were in Trent Williams. Then after they lost out on him, you know, they got Tooney. People start to go, oh, can Tooney play left tackle for them? Then it's like, oh, they've met with, you know, Villanueva. They've met with Riley. Like all of a sudden you're getting them meeting and talking about all of these different tackles. Then it starts leaking out, well, a trade's a possibility. All of a sudden you start getting articles from people that say they're, you know, they've reached out to teams about trying to find trade partners for offensive tackle. Like it was out there it was very much in your face like, hey, they are getting this offensive tackle. They're going to try to figure this out. Defensive end this year, it's kind of been, they're interested in Zadarius Smith, and that's about it. Like, that's all you've gotten. And it's essentially kind of come from the same, the same sources have had the Zadarius Smith thing the whole time. I'm not saying they're not interested. I think they very much 
have been. I don't think they are going to pay a guy that accepted what I assume is a better deal by the Baltimore Ravens than said, wait, 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 wait. I want more money to come play now. I don't think Brett Veach is going to come back and double raise himself. He's not going to he's not going to be betting against himself at the poker table on a 29-year-old pass rusher coming off of a back here. That's just not a Brett Veach move. So I would be surprised if they go that route. It's like outside of I mean, him. How'd they, they get Melvin Ingram? They came yeah. back to the table. I'm just draft saying. picks though. But in the middle of the year they with draft picks. A draft pick. They paid a draft they did, pick. They paid a draft pick to pay for the sins of not negotiating a little bit differently at the beginning of the year. That's probably, I don't know if that's entirely fair, but you get the point. I mean, yeah, they it, went back. That's a possibility. It's just like, there's just, there's no rumors. There's no buzz about mm. the Chiefs going after defensive ends the same way there were like specific defensive ends. Every time you turn on and hear the Chiefs get talked about on national television, it's they wanted out an edge rusher. That was all it was for that first week. That's the that's the one move they want to make. But then they're only linked to one guy. It's Smith and then nothing else. Last year, when you go the tackle thing, it was being linked to everybody. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the plan. And that's why we talked about I was a lot more calm this free agency period than I've been in years past. I really have been. A lot more calm, very positive, we're, but it's you know we're getting to that tipping point now where I'm like, okay, ugh, okay, uh-oh. all right, hit me. We've been doing this for four years now. We've been doing this a while. We've seen a lot of things, and when we turn around and we look at the end of May or beginning oh. of May, we always kind of look back and say, okay, I can kind of I can understand the why. You know, we love to understand the why around here when it comes to these players, these picks. Kind of helps give you an indication of where this team is going moving forward. So we think I'll throw a name out. We think Jermaine Johnson's going top 10. We think he's okay. What if the edge market isn't as strong? You know, maybe a, what if a Jermaine Johnson isn't, what if he's in striking distance? What if the chiefs feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to go to 15 because they have a better pulse on this draft than anybody else. You know, these are, the, the 32 teams have a pretty good pulse on where people are going, who's going where, all that kind of stuff. Maybe they feel better about their ability to go get Jermaine Johnson. I'm just throwing a name, a guy like him. Maybe they feel better, more confident that he's a guy that they're going to be able to get to improve this defensive line, to improve this pass rush, and they know that they can go make a big splash and get a guy like that. Because I believe, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't know. what, what throw, throw that idea out there. And maybe, like, what do you think? Yes, no, maybe? You're betting you have to hit on three different things to land Jermaine Johnson. One, 14 other teams have to think he's not as good as you do. So you got to bet you're betting on that. And maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe they, they have, have a better, better pulse on it. So all of a sudden, Jermaine, they're the, they're the, out of 15 teams, they're the one team that has him pegged right with their, uh, their scouting report. The other 14 teams don't think he's that good. They, or think they've addressed, or they've addressed edge rusher already. Like maybe they're looking ever, name me one team that couldn't use another edge rusher. I mean, everybody could. Okay, but that doesn't mean they will. But but that's what I'm saying, though. You have to. Okay, so 14 other teams have to pass on him for whatever reason. So you're betting on 14s passing on him. You're betting on that team picking 15th that you can make that trade up. You're betting on your ability to trade your draft capital that is going to be a good value to get up to 15. And then finally, you're betting on him panning out. Like you're having to bet three times to make that pick work, and that's a big trade up from pick 30. Like I'm not saying it's impossible. If they do that, like I'll be happy that they went and got an actual edge rusher as a strategy, as a plan going into the draft with the plan to trade up 15 spots is wild. I guess like, you know, what if it's something like you've got Trey Flowers, Melvin Ingram, 
on one year deals and you and then you go and grab one like, grab a guy like that how do you feel about the totality of that group did you guys did they did they land like a deal with like uh, one of those like companies that make walkers with the tennis balls attached to them for this group like what's what's hey, going one, on here tw- hey Trey Flowers is 29 years old I'm just saying like I'm just saying like how do you feel about that group do you feel miserable do you feel like it's about the same as last year which wasn't very good like how do you feel okay so are you saying they're adding Jermaine Johnson Melvin Ingram and Trey Flowers yes all three of them. It's a better group than it was last year. You have time. You have a safety net to not make Jermaine Johnson be a A plus player in year one. He doesn't have to be your defensive end or two. You know, he's got to be competing for that third spot in year one. So that aspect is good. Um, you filled wide receiver, you filled safety, you filled a couple needs already. Uh, so you're just gonna be playing with bad corners, you're making that trade up move. I guess there's a path there if you're going to make that big trade up for one of these defensive ends that you could look back on it and say, okay, this is what they were trying to do. They wanted to mortgage everything to go trade up for a young pass rusher and they filled all the other needs around it to do so. The Chiefs first, second, and third could get them all the way up to 14 and they still have that extra third to hang their hat on. So it's a lot of capital, but you could get up into that range. So if you think that, you know, teams are going to be swinging on some other players, you hope, you know, a couple quarterbacks come off the board and, you know, I, maybe there's, we talked about Thibodeau. (laughs) How do you feel? How do you feel if that's the move in the plan? Let's say they come out of this off season with those defensive ends. You said that probably takes away the majority of any remaining cap space they have. I mean, you could probably round out a couple more, you know, if you want to sign a Jarek McKinnon or a Sam linebacker, you can probably fill some little role players out, but that's essentially all your free agency signings. And then they go make that trade. So that's your entire off season. How do you feel about it? I'm fine. I don't love it, but I mean, I like the idea of swinging for a big player. And I think there's a couple of those edge rushers. If they fall into that striking distance, I have zero issue with them going and finding a young guy and making a big swing on a young player, cost controlled player. Uh, and, you know, one of the better players in this draft. Cause I mean, we're very high on Jermaine Johnson. We're very high on a guy like Thibodeau. If one of those falls to 14, I'd be looking, I'd be thinking pretty hard about it. If I'm being honest with you. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much for uh, listening. We appreciate you. If you like this show, go hit the subscribe button below. uh, Whether you're listening on your podcast, whether you're watching this right now, we appreciate you. We'll catch you later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.